Welcome to Let's Talk About Life, a weekly podcast brought to you by LifeBank, the organ, eye, and tissue recovery agency in Northeast Ohio. Donation can be a complicated subject, but it is really all about life. So spend a few minutes as we unravel the complexities of donation. So come on, let's talk about life. Being a registered organ, eye, and tissue donor is a generous gesture that you do to help save and heal the lives of others. But did you ever think that it is also a gift for your family? In tragic circumstances, your family is in the grips of making many end-of-life decisions and arrangements. As a registered donor, you've given them the gift of removing the burden of making many of those decisions on your behalf because they know what you would have wanted. They know that this is something you chose to do. Hi, you're listening to episode 76 of Let's Talk About Life. I'm your host, Colleen Gerber, kidney recipient and LifeBank staff member. End-of-life advanced directives and pre-planning may be uncomfortable to think about or discuss. Although it may be a topic that's easier to avoid, making those decisions for yourself will help your loved ones at a time when they are in the midst of grief and a highly emotional period. We are so pleased to be joined by Julie Graf Skinner of Bush Funeral and Crematory Services. Julie is a pre-planning advisor and funeral director for Bush. Julie, thank you for sharing your knowledge and compassion with our audience. Thank you, Colleen. I appreciate being asked to participate. We have been discussing that Bush and LifeBank have been really longtime partners. How do you feel personally about helping donor families and working with LifeBank? Myself and my team that I work with at Bush, so very privileged to have that opportunity. It really is so gratifying to see that someone can donate and help someone else move forward with their life. And it's something as a company we're very committed to, to make sure that we help those donor families and work through that donation process when it presents itself. Julie, earlier I mentioned that it removes the burden from the family if they know what their loved one's wish is in regards to organ eye and tissue donation. But I think that's where our partnership is so important because it really blends together. Why do you recommend pre-planning arrangements and why is that so important for individuals to think about? Colleen, there are many reasons why pre-planning is a good idea. Not just a good idea, but a very loving idea that people could make the effort to make a plan and ease a burden for their family. Really, every day we see people walk through our doors And they come to us two different ways, either completely unprepared and often just wondering what they should be doing. Many times they've never even had a five-minute conversation with their loved ones about their wishes. And then all of a sudden their family's left to try to make those decisions. And the reverse side of that is meeting with families that have a plan in place. And they come to us empowered knowing that they don't have to wonder how to honor their loved one or what that person might have wanted. I think that The same holds true with organ and tissue donation. When we're in the tough days of our lives, we're having to make decisions on behalf of someone else. Knowing that we can honor and carry out those wishes is truly empowering for family members. And it gives us a sense of 
peace that we've been able to carry out their wishes and that we can remember them the way they wish to be remembered. I agree. I've lost several loved ones, including my parents, and it was wonderful to know what their wishes were. And it gives that family an opportunity to exhale. I also want to mention that I believe there are other major benefits to planning. And some of those are to avoid doubt or confusion amongst people's survivors, to honor exactly how they want things to be carried out, to allow their family to really focus on each other and not on such a business transaction, and also to eliminate a financial burden. I think that if you think about all of the reasons people plan, those are the big ones. Obviously, number one, easing burden on family members and avoiding doubt or confusion, but also personal peace of mind and not leaving someone stuck with a financial responsibility. And that can be detrimental to a family, you know, absolutely. if they're not prepared for that. So you're absolutely mm-hmm. right. If I or someone listening today would like to start the pre-planning process, how do we go about that? I think the hardest part about starting the planning process is just making a decision to say, I'm going to schedule some time to talk about it. Once people arrive and sit down with one of our staff members and they are ready to talk about planning, we actually use a great tool called a final wishes organizer. It's a planning guide as you were, and you probably have heard lots of people talk about different types of guides. Many funeral homes actually provide those to people. But I think what makes us unique is that we actually spend time sitting down with people and helping them complete it. So we walk through the process of gathering or creating a roadmap about what someone wants for their arrangements or what someone's planning for someone else. And we include the things that are going to be needed on any legal documents. We talk about any military history. We talk about who's responsible when they can't speak for themselves. You know, sometimes you might find that that would be a foregone conclusion that it would be a spouse or a child. And sometimes it's not. So really making sure that people give us clear direction about who we're working with And also their preferences. You know, do they have preferences about whether they want burial or cremation? Do they have preferences about the types of services they want? Do they want something more traditional or perhaps something that's less traditional? If you think about 15 or 20 years ago, most funerals look very similar. But today, people are choosing very unique things. And sometimes that includes a funeral in a different venue, whether it's on a boat in the middle of the lake or at a park or their favorite watering hole. Maybe people want to incorporate their preferences about the types of things that they like, like music or flowers, what their final disposition might be and where their final resting place might be. If they're being buried, do they have a cemetery or a mausoleum in mind? And if they're being cremated, do they know what they want done with their cremated remains afterwards? Would it be burial or scattering or placement in someone's home? There's a lot of different options. And we also include a listing of family that would be used for any type of publication on a newspaper or website. And so that organizer starts by helping people create, I like the word roadmap, a place for people to be guided so that they know what needs to be done when something happens. And for us as a funeral staff to sit down with a family and have most of that sketched in to be able to review with people, maybe we need to make a detour at the time of death because things have changed. However, it really is helpful to have most of that data in place and organized. And I think the next step of that process, of course, is determining the financial responsibility to it. So once you've decided what you'd like to have, putting a cost estimate together about that and ultimately discussing the different options in terms of payment. Wow, there is a lot to consider. 
Colleen, I think another part of the process that we work through is helping people put their special requests in order. And sometimes that means having information about their cemetery, having information about a document that we have in the state of Ohio called an appointment of representative, where someone can name a person responsible for the final disposition of their remains. This is incredibly important, specifically for those families that are choosing cremation, because there is a hierarchy of who is allowed to authorize a cremation on behalf of someone else at the time of death. So much like people making decisions about organ, eye, and tissue donation, the same holds true with cremation, that there really needs to be some directives about what people want and how they want that carried out. That's super important, Julie. Thanks for for bringing that up. People aren't aware of everything that is needed at the end of life. It's a little Mm -hmm. bit overwhelming. It's helpful to have somebody navigate that maze of what is needed between, like I said, registered to be an organ donor, medical power of attorney, and as you were saying, that individual name to give the approval for cremation. So thank you for bringing that up. You're welcome. Julie, we touched on this a little bit in the beginning, but why do you feel that it's so important that Bush and Life Bank partner together to support the mission of organ and tissue donation? I think it's important because we're often asked, specifically when I'm talking with people uh, in advance of a death and when they're making their plans in, in advance, many times I hear people ask me questions about organ eye and tissue donation, and they want to know you know, how does that happen and and what are their opportunities? And I often share with them one of the biggest things they can do is contact LifeBank to receive receive a donor kit, really make sure they read through and understand what organs, eyes, or tissues they wish to donate, that they complete that card, but most importantly, that they share that with their family so that their family is aware of what their wishes are. It's incredibly important. And while families may never be presented with the opportunity that that person is a viable donor, when it does happen, to be able to know that they can carry out those wishes and not wonder if they've made the right decision is incredibly important. You're right. It gives their loved ones who are left a peace of mind that they don't have to wonder. They know for sure. You know, it's really important that organizations that work in the same arena, meaning that you're working with, with people that have decided to donate, and obviously it's at the end of a life, and we are also dealing with those same people. It's incredibly important that we have a solid relationship because we are working together many times under great tragedy. And the better we have a connection, the more helpful we can be to those clients and families that we're serving. Our bigger goal is to support those donor families through uh, such a difficult, difficult time. So Absolutely. you're right. We, we do come together to do that. And we're so proud of that. If somebody wants to reach out to Bush to pre-plan, how do they get a hold of you? So there's three easy ways to reach me. First of all, you can visit our website at bushcares.com. And under the pre-planning tab, you will find um, a link to me and my email. You're also always welcome to email me directly at jgskinner at bushcares.com. Or you're welcome to reach me on my business cell phone at 216-789-5596. Julie, if somebody does want to pre-plan, can they also pre-pay for their services? And how does that all work? Oh, that's a great question, Paulina. I think just like you talk about myths with organ, eye, and tissue donation, the same holds true to pre-planning. 
I think many times people will be a little bit hesitant because they believe they have to come to see us and make a full payment. And for many people, that really is not something that they can do. So the beauty of pre-planning is that they are actually able to make a payment that works with their budget. In the state of Ohio specifically, the law is very clear. If someone's going to pre-arrange a funeral and pay for it in advance, the dollars that they spend have to go into a fund outside of the funeral home scans. And the purpose is to provide protection for the consumer or client that if something were to happen to the funeral home, that their funds are still safe and could be used at a different funeral home. Or if they were to move out of the area, that they have the ability to take their plans with them. And last of all, to protect their dollars if they were to end up in a nursing facility or long-term care facility, that their funds are secured and allowable by Medicaid, that they've prepaid them. So the dollars go into a type of either trust or funeral insurance type plan. And that trust or insurance certificate is assigned to the funeral home to actually take care of the cost of the funeral at the time of their passing. But it's something that they can make comfortable payments with. And in many cases, especially in that insured option, give them protection while they're making their payments. But if something were to happen in the middle of that payment process, that many times the entire funeral balance would be taken care of by the insurance company. Wow, that's excellent. Thank you. And I just want to say that I think always when we're talking to people about end-of-life issues, it's something that makes people a little bit uncomfortable. But I would encourage you to make the phone call because the next step of that is either talking with somebody at LifeBank who will help you understand your options or provide you information to do that, or somebody at the funeral home like me that will help walk you through the process. You know, it doesn't have to be as scary as we often allow ourselves to believe it might be. Uh, the, the hardest part, again, is just making the phone call or making the email and saying, I'm ready to talk about this. Once you get to that point and you actually have somebody that's going to guide you through it, it really does become much easier. And nearly every appointment ends with, wow, that was much better than I thought it was going to be. Julie, thank you for spending some time with me this morning and all you do to help donor families, but all families get through such a hard and difficult circumstance. It really is nice to know that you're there to lend a hand to make things a little bit easier for them. Thank you, Colleen. I really appreciate the opportunity to talk with you today. I I will say that it's just a privilege for the Bush family and our team to be able to work with your team as we're helping families through a difficult time. We, We do come together to do that, and we're so proud of that. We hope you found today's episode inspiring and informative. Let's Talk About Life can be found on Apple Podcasts, Google Music, Spotify, and other podcast providers. And of course, always on lifebank.org slash resources. We encourage you to subscribe and we invite you back next week. And come on, let's talk about life. Thank you for listening to Let's Talk About Life. If you have questions about today's podcast, reach out to us at info at lifebank.org. Take a few minutes to do something heroic and register to be an organ donor by saying yes at lifebank.org. Literally, someone's life is depending on it.